Sexuality is a Planet Paula production, where we discuss the wonderful realm of the human body. Your host is sexual educator and enthusiast, Paula Bowman. The tea is ready. Let's start spilling. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sexuality. In this episode, Where to Start, Paula discusses a comprehensive list of things you should be talking to your kids about and how to start breaching the subject. This episode covers the basic topics that you want to be discussing with your littles all the way up to your preteens. Hello and welcome, lovelies. Why is it so important to talk to our kids about all the things related to bodies, relationships and sex? They need to know so they can go through childhood feeling confident that they know the things, that they can ask you anything, and that they can tell you anything. This communication needs to start young so that as they grow and mature, they know that they can come to you with everything from heartache to a bladder infection. The conversations can be as detailed or simple, whatever helps you to feel comfortable and confident. There needs to be an openness and they will feel you tighten up. We just need to practice and make it part of our regular life and our parenting. Let's start with naming the parts. Using scientific terms, just speak matter of fact like you would when teaching them about their ears or their eyes. This will help to inform them and also to protect them. We all need to practice using the correct terms with little ones, even if they aren't verbal yet. This will make it easier later when we talk in more detail. They will only take in what they need to know, but it keeps the conversation open and they may have more questions later. Lots of people think preschoolers or little ones, why do they need to know all these things? Well, they're the easiest to teach. They're accepting, they're open, they want to learn, and they're really fun. Showing them this openness when they're little will help later when they really need to talk to you about stuff. It's important to share your views, your morality, theology, family values. And if we don't share it with them, they will find it in other places, even in preschool. And if they don't get that factual info, they will make it up. Children need the vocabulary to protect themselves against abuse. It's proven that if children are given the information, they will be less likely to feel shame to be promiscuous and have unsafe relationships because they're educated and shame is not attached. It's just a regular part of life. A big conversation with these littles is consent. And there's lots of ways that we can teach our children consent 
It starts with picking out clothes. But a big one is the bodily autonomy and being able to choose when you want to be hugged, kissed, or tickled. One of these is not forcing them to hug you or relatives. They need to feel comfortable and they need to make a choice. Lots of old school people think that they're being rude by saying, I don't want to hug. But really what we're doing is teaching our children to respect their own bodies. So there's lots of other ways that they can say goodbye to grandma, for example. They can blow her a kiss. They can wave. They can high five. They can shake hands. But it's respecting that they have a choice. When it comes to tickling and roughhousing, when they say stop, stop. That also teaches them what it feels like to be heard. So if they're in a situation where someone isn't listening, they know that's not right. Their words matter. They can communicate and they can say no. So teaching them my body is mine and I don't have to be hugged, kissed, touched by anyone if I don't feel comfortable. If we use the proper names for our private parts, they're not funny or weird because everyone has them. And no one should be asking me to keep a secret. And there's a big deal between secrets and being private. I like to say surprises instead of secrets because secrets are dangerous. And no one should be allowed to touch any part of your body that is covered by a bathing suit. It is your private parts. If they're taught what is their private body, they will know if someone is pushing past that boundary and be able to say, so-and-so tried to touch me wherever. And if they have the correct terms, you'll know they meant their vulva or their penis. If you say something like their willy or tilly or something else, it's not clear and it can be misunderstood, miscommunicated, and it can cause a lot of problems. Another one is to have trusted adults. They could have five that they can put on their hand to remember they can go to auntie or grandma or a good friend or what have you. Pick some people that you know are safe for your children to go to if they have an issue. Make it clear that no one should be touching their private parts unless it's for wiping, washing, or if you're hurt. And they need to know that sometimes people do need to see their private parts to make sure they're okay, like a doctor or a teacher or whoever. If they need help, they might have to share their private parts. 
it's important to make that distinction and also to tell them that it's absolutely fine for them to touch their private parts. I think that part sometimes gets forgotten and the shame of having pleasure from touching your private parts is all too easily attached because of our own uncomfortableness with our children's sexuality. And we need to be able to distinguish that for them, that being touched by someone else isn't okay, but touching ourselves is fine and wonderful. There's also the exciting topic of strangers. I always have a problem with the stranger part because really a stranger is just someone you haven't met yet. I like to call them tricky people. These are the people who are out of their way going to talk to children when they really have no reason to asking them for help. There was a great study that was done where there was some children at a playground and the parents said, oh, our kids would never go off with anyone. They know not to talk to strangers. And a stranger that had been pre-planned came along and said, hey, I need help finding my kittens or my puppies or what have you. And all the children followed the stranger to look for the puppy. The thing about it is kids are trusting. They want to help. And what they need to know is that grown-ups don't need help. But sometimes they might need help from a grown-up stranger. So talking to your kids about what you would do if you got lost in the mall or at a festival. Who would you look for? Where would you go? If you have these conversations, your kids will be more confident when they get lost. They'll go, oh yeah, mum said go find a mum with a kid. They'll have snacks and maybe she'll find me with them. Or go find a policeman or someone in a uniform or something that you have agreed together would be a good choice instead of them not trusting any strangers. This goes for if you fell off your bike or needed to use a phone or got lost somewhere. All of these scenarios, kids might need a stranger. So telling them that all strangers are bad and scary isn't that helpful to them. And I really like that one because it makes that distinction. So before kids go to school and when they're kindergarten age onward, they need to know the scientific parts of their body. They need to know who they can go to if they need help. And they need to know who can touch them. And that's including friends and family because unfortunately we know most of sexual abuse happens with people who are in our circle. That's the only way they can get close to our children. So being upfront about who is in charge of their bodies and that's them. 
Another thing that really does come up with those early grades, one to four, is talking about where babies come from. We have to get frank about that because when we say, oh, the baby lives in a woman's stomach or their tummy, it can be really confusing. Ideally, at school, they would be learning the difference between the reproductive system and the digestive system. But you can talk about that at home and how the baby has a special place called the uterus and they have an umbilical cord and, a, and show them their belly button and talk about your birth with them. Talk about any problems or exciting things that happened while you were pregnant. They're so interested. They want to know those stories. I recently just told my children about my miscarriage that I had before I had my son. And they were fascinated. They wanted to name the baby. They wanted to know everything, whether it was a boy or a girl. And I said, well, you don't know. But it's so wonderful to be able to have those conversations. And I, I didn't go into detail about the pain and the upset I mean, of course, I was very sad and I told them that, but they don't need to know every detail of what happens with a miscarriage. But it's so good for them to know that it happens because it is so common. It's important for them to know that the difference between vulvas and vaginas and that vagina is where the baby comes through because that gets confusing if people don't use the correct terms. It's really important for them to know that their clitoris has thousands of nerve endings and is really sensitive. It's really useful for kids to have that information so they understand why there's sensation there. It's good to know that everyone grows at a different rate and that some kids will go through puberty sooner than others. And to talk to them about menstruation, especially as it's happening around them, and talk to them about it, boys and girls. It's really good for boys to see and hear about it. And to support them to know how to help their sisters or aunties or their mum to bring them a cup of tea or a piece of chocolate or something to comfort and care for them and to know that their women friends might be more sensitive and feel things in a different way when they're menstrual. This will help them later rather than hiding it. That information could keep them safe from predators and abuse, knowing that that's what happens in sexual intercourse, rather than it being some idea that they never actually know the details of. And I'm not talking teaching them positions. I'm talking about the mechanics of the sperm meeting the egg and how that happens and what body parts make that happen. This is important information for as they get into the later grades from four to seven, 
they will get gigglier and more embarrassed and they won't be as keen to talk about the things. But they will listen. They want to know. And the more we can share with them real facts, the better off they will be. If they don't know that a penis goes in a vagina to make a baby, in some cases, all of the young years, talking to kids about puberty before it happens to them, it's so important. They need to know that hygiene is going to be an issue. They're going to need to wash more and look after themselves, eat good food, and sleep well. That their voices might change, and that pubic hair is going to arrive, and hair in general all over the place. This is really important, useful information. And that they are going to grow at different rates that everyone grows and changes at different times. And if they're 15 and they don't have their period yet, or they're 13 and they've never had a nocturnal emission, they need to know that everyone's different and that all of it is fine. Boys need to know that their feet will grow before their penis is fully grown. And they need to not worry about size. And if they happen to encounter porn, they need to know that that is not normal. That's a whole other podcast. But they need to know that they don't have to look like so-and-so in the film. It is not possible. They need to know that they... The vulva is self-cleaning and that they don't need to worry about how it smells because their bodies take care of that. But they need to know if there's an issue like an infection and what that looks like. These conversations are ongoing. There is so much and so that's why we start young with little bits of information so that they're not overwhelmed, so that it isn't some big talk, that it is an ongoing conversation about their bodies and their minds and their beings and that their sexual career, their experience as humans is never ending. And the more information they have, the stronger and more confident they will feel taking care of themselves. Just as if we were learning an instrument, we would take the time to have lessons and to talk about it and to practice. It's the same thing with body science. We just need to make the space and time to talk about the things. So with that, I will leave you for this week. My cup is full. Thank you so much for sharing it with me. Many thanks to the wondrous Ms. T and to everyone out there 
who is on this journey of parenting. It's exciting. And I am with you, ready for these next stages. We appreciate you tuning in to Sexuality with Paula Bowman. If you have any questions or concerns, please don't hesitate to reach out via her website, www.planetpaula.ca.